We'll take our text tonight from the book of Isaiah, 26th chapter. Isaiah chapter 26, reading verses 3 and 4. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Peace. What comes to mind when you think about that word? I feel like that one word can bring up a lot of different images and and thoughts. And I thought about this last night. You know, what comes to my mind when I think about that word? And you might think about nature being, you know, being the mountains or a peaceful river or a lake. I thought about a time when I was dating my now wife uh, several years ago. We went on a hike up to Mount Rainier, up to a lake. It was called Upper Crystal Lake, and just a few miles up there. And it was peaceful. It was a clear lake, and there wasn't really many people around. I can't remember if we may have taken a lunch and just sat by the side of the lake there. It was peace. You might think about what the world defines as peace. Maybe a peace treaty over the centuries, there's been treaties that have been made to end wars and try to maintain peace between nations. I think of the Nobel Peace Prize. Then I thought about spiritually, what, what do I think about when I think of peace? There's the peace that comes to the soul at salvation. I thought about the peace of a prayer service. Have you ever been at the altar of prayer and after some people have left and maybe there's just a few of you around the altar and you think to yourself of the peace that you feel at the altar and maybe at some point you get up from the altar but then you just go sit in the pew because you don't really want to leave the sanctuary or I thought about being in the tabernacle and just sitting in the tabernacle and feeling that peace. If there's one thing nearly everyone on earth wants, it's peace. Most would say they want peace in a physical sense, personally and maybe nationally. I think everyone wants peace in the situations they face. And whether they realize it or not, everyone wants peace in their souls. So peace is something everyone wants, and yet peace is something everyone at one time or another, will struggle with. The soul that is searching for God lacks peace, and the soul that has found God will be in a battle for the rest of his or her life to maintain the peace that God gives because the enemy wants to take our peace away. All around us, that peace is under attack. No matter where you look, if you look at the news, you won't feel much peace. If you look at the world around you, if you look at social media, if you look at the uncertainty of the future, no matter where you look in the world, you won't find peace. But there's good news, and that's that God offers peace. He offers peace for your soul first at salvation, but then he offers a continual peace for the rest of your life. The peace that God offers is no ordinary peace. 
Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. You probably know that the, the Jewish custom, when they greet each other, is to say shalom, which means peace. But Jesus' peace is more than just a mere greeting to one another or a wish that you have peace. And it's more than anything the world can offer. But what is perfect peace? This is not a temporary ceasefire from conflict. It is not a peace for just one situation or another situation. The commentator Matthew Henry describes this perfect peace as inward peace, outward peace, peace with God, peace of conscience, peace under all events, and perpetual peace. That sounds like something I want. I think you want it too. In the Hebrew, this verse, when it says perfect peace, it's actually written shalom, shalom, or peace, peace, meaning peace upon peace or complete peace, an everlasting peace that doesn't go away based on a situation. This is a deep, lasting peace that is sufficient for everything we face. So the question is, how do we receive this peace? We go back to the Scripture. It says, whose mind is stayed on thee. That's one. Two, because he trusteth in thee. So what does it mean to have a mind that is stayed upon God? I believe that's to meditate on God, meditate on the goodness of God, on his faithfulness in times past, and his faithfulness that we know we can depend on in the future. And it's to focus on him when trials come. I'd like to turn to Matthew, the 14th chapter, reading, starting in verse 22. It says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship, and to go before him unto the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. So the disciples at this point are about halfway across the Sea of Galilee. The sea of Galilee is actually a lake. It's misnamed, perhaps, but it's about seven miles wide, so they're about three or four miles across this lake. And they find themselves in a storm. Now, this probably wasn't a huge surprise for them. The Sea of Galilee is known for storms. It's surrounded by hills and mountains, and, and the climate around there and, and the, the geography makes it prone to have sudden, violent storms. And here it's somewhere between 3 and 6 in the morning, and they find themselves in a storm. Doesn't sound good, but if that's not enough, they see someone walking on the water that they think is a ghost. Let's continue reading, verse 27, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. 
But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. You know, Peter deserves a lot of credit for getting out of the boat. When you're in the midst of a storm, and we heard a little bit about a storm and waves and being tossed tonight in the testimony service, but your natural reaction is not to leave the one semblance of safety you have left, and that is your ship, and get out and walk on the water. But Peter did, and so we give him credit there. But where did Peter go wrong? He took his eyes off of Jesus. He started looking around him at the waves, started listening to the howling of the wind. He took his eyes off Jesus. But he knew what to do. He looked back to Jesus and he said, Save me. Verse 31, And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Where was Jesus when Peter started to sink? Was he a ways away and he comes hurrying on the water and saves Peter in time? No, it says immediately he reached out and grabbed Peter and saved him. He was right there ready to help Peter when Peter looked his way. And finally, verse 33, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. This was a lesson for the disciples. But you know what? He was still the Son of God, even if he hadn't walked on the water, and even if the wind and the waves and the storm hadn't ceased when he stepped foot on the boat. He was the Son of God during the storm, and he was the Son of God after the storm. Just before this account happened, if you look back to the verses just preceding where we started, we read the story of the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 with just a small, small boy's lunch. And isn't it true that so many times our trials come just after blessings? The devil sees that the Lord has, has blessed us and maybe we're feeling good for a little bit and he jumps on that. He says, now is my time to attack. But the Lord was with them, even at this time. And the God who gave the blessing at the meal just before was the same God during the trial on the Sea of Galilee. And when the waves are tossing around us, we don't feel much peace. We just have to know where to look. Just need to look back to the Master and say, Lord, help me. And he will be there immediately to help us. The wind and the waves may not stop, but Jesus will be there to help us each time. And so we know we need to focus on the Lord, but that second part of our text says, because he trusteth in thee. Let's turn to Mark now, the fourth chapter, starting in verse 35 says, And the same day, when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. 
And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. So this is another day, another storm, same lake, same disciples, but same Jesus. And they're in a storm, and, and they look, and Jesus is taking a nap back in the back of the ship. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked to the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? Fearful. How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, the disciples lacked faith that Jesus, even when he was asleep, had everything under control. And it might be easy to look at the disciples and say, "How you've got Jesus right there. How are you afraid? But are we really so different? We're human, just as the disciples were human. And frankly, we've seen a lot more. We have the entire gospel revealed to us. They were just picking it up as they went, learning from, from the Master himself. If Jesus rebuked his disciples for being afraid in the middle of a sea, in the middle of a lake, afraid for their lives, when their lives truly were in danger, how does he feel when we are afraid in the situations we face? When we're stressed, when we're worried about how is the Lord going to take care of this one? I believe he wants us to trust him. We want to learn from the disciples, from their mistakes and from their strengths, and trust that God will take care of us. It's just like the song we learned in Sunday school. With Jesus in the boat, you can smile at the storm. You don't smile because you're enjoying the storm, but you smile because the Master is with you through the storm. Just as what we focus on is a choice, it's a choice to trust the Lord. The psalmist said, What time I am afraid... I will trust in thee. And you could fill in the blank. What time I am worried, I will trust in thee. What time I am stressed, I will trust in thee. What time I feel overwhelmed, I will choose to trust in thee. That fourth verse of our text says, Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And those words, everlasting strength, literally translate to rock of ages. God is our rock. He is constant. He is unmovable. He is unshakable. And we can depend on Him no matter what comes our way. If you find yourself lacking confidence as you go through life, I encourage you to read through the Psalms. The psalmists were very human people. And they had struggles. And we, we feel the struggle as they write the words of the Psalms when they're crying out to the Lord in their distress. And we feel the emotion in their words. But what do they always come back to? I will trust in the Lord. The Lord will help me. Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Psalm 62.2, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Psalm 73, 26. 
My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. We can trust on the rock of ages to give us strength. Jesus told a parable of the wise man and the foolish man, another Sunday school song. The wise man built his house upon the rock and it stood firm. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. It didn't stand firm. When we build our lives upon the rock of ages, we can withstand the storms of life. But the Lord isn't just our rock. He is our shepherd. Again, back to the Psalms. Very common psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. That's a picture of peace that David is painting. Peace knowing that not only is God his rock, but he is also our shepherd. Not only can he take care of us, but he will. He wants to take care of us in every situation. The only way we'll be able to maintain the peace that God offers is to fully trust the Lord. And the only way we can fully trust the Lord is to recognize who he is, who he is to us, our rock and our shepherd. I'd like to close with the lyrics to a song I'm sure you'll recognize. One of my favorites from the old green hymnal says, Master, the tempest is raging. The billows are tossing high. The sky is o'ershadowed with blackness. No shelter or help is nigh. Carest thou not that we perish? How canst thou lie asleep? When each moment so madly is threatening a grave in the angry deep. The winds and the waves shall obey thy will. Peace be still. Whether the wrath of a storm-tossed sea, or demons, or men, or whatever it be, no waters can swallow the ship where lies the master of ocean and earth and skies. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace be still. Peace be still. They all shall sweetly obey thy will. Peace. Peace be still. We are serving the master of ocean and earth and skies, and the master of any other situation we will ever face. If you're not saved tonight, that's where his peace begins. The peace for the soul, when the sin is taken away and that burden rolls away, and you feel that peace come in. We know that we will face trials as Christians. The Lord said, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. God offers peace to each one of us. We just have to reach out and claim it for ourselves and trust him to take care of us in each situation. Bring your needs to him tonight and rest in the peace that he offers.